Join us now for Health for Life, brought to you by Hamilton Healthcare System. Today, we're talking with Dr. Nancy Carnavali and Lindsay Coker of Anna Shaw Children's Institute in Dalton. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Carnavali. Thank you for having us. I'm glad you're here. We're going to have a good time today. Got a lot to talk about. Dr. Carnavali is a board-certified child development pediatrician and the medical director of Anna Shaw Children's Institute. Lindsay Coker has her master's degree in education and is the educational resource coordinator at Anna Shaw Children's Institute. Today, we're going to talk about social stories, a helpful tool for adults and children, but first... First, could you tell us all about Anna Shaw Children's Institute? Sure. Anna Shaw Children's Institute is a regional leader for the care of children birth to age 11 who experience the challenges of developmental delays. The Institute's team includes myself and another developmental pediatrician, as well as now two child psychologists, physical therapist, occupational therapist, speech and feeding therapist, as well as music therapist and behavior analyst. Therapies for children include physical therapy, occupational therapy, of course, speech and feeding therapy, and music therapy. The psychological services include individual counseling, family counseling, and behavioral support services. You know, I was thinking with all the, all the children that you work with, you've got to get close to these kids. We do. And what's really neat is to watch them grow up and, and do well. We've got so much to talk about today. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about a helpful tool called Social Stories. We'll be right back on Health for Life. Join us on a journey to better health, health for life. Simply put, that is why Hamilton Medical Center is here. From primary care and specialty care practices near you, an accredited chest pain center, a certified joint replacement program, a new children's institute, cancer institute, endoscopy center, and more. Hamilton is here for you and your family. Learn more at HamiltonHealth.com. Hamilton Health Care System, health for life. Welcome back to Health for Life. We're going to talk about a tool that helps adults who work with children or who are parenting children. What exactly is Social Stories? So Social Stories were originally created by um, a woman named Carol Gray. Um, She's a consultant who specializes in helping children, adolescents, and adults with autism. Carol began writing stories for her students in order to share information that she seemed to think that they were already missing. Many of us understand expected behavior in certain social situations or were able to pick up on nonverbal cues to tell us how we should behave. For example, as an adult, we go into a meeting and we know that we're expected to sit quietly while our boss is talking. And in the same sense, children in the classroom, often they already know that they're expected to sit quietly in their seat while their teacher's talking. However, there are some children who need more explicit directions on how to behave in those certain social situations to be able to understand what behavior is expected. So that's where social stories comes in. Social stories describe a situation, a skill, or a concept in terms of relevant social cues, perspectives, and what common responses in that social situation might be. Well, now, who can benefit from a social story? So social stories were originally created to help children with autism navigate social situations. 
However, any child could really benefit from using a social story, um, especially children with heightened anxiety. Social stories can help prepare a child for an upcoming situation or make it more predictable or teach a recurring social skill. For example, preparing a child to go to the doctor or the dentist, the grocery store, and even a new school. So for example, I have a four-year-old myself and she had never been to the dentist and so she didn't know what the expected behavior would be or Mm -hmm. what that would be like. So I wrote her a social story. So you wrote down a social story. And then, so she could read it, or so you could read it to her. Uh, of course, you know she she's still learning to read. So oh, that's of course, right. She's four years old. Okay, she's still a little bitty. So we definitely um, would read that together, just along with our bedtime stories at night in the days and weeks leading up to that appointment. Oh, that's cool. So you would write a story about her going to the dentist. Yes, sir. And that's how she would know what to expect when when she got there. Yep, and I even would use specific pictures. So I actually, it's a dentist's office here in town. So I took pictures and actually used those actual pictures in the story to prepare her for what it would look like. Wow. So she knows what to expect and she knows how how she's supposed to act, what's expected of her. Absolutely. What goes into writing a social story? So a social story should really just include answers to questions, what we call those WH questions. WH questions. Yes. So who, what, when, where, why, and how. It's designed for a specific child in mind. So oftentimes you might even want to include things that are of interest to that child, maybe dinosaurs or Thomas the Train or cartoon characters, um, drawings, pictures, and The ones I like to use the most are the realistic pictures of the place that they're going or the situation they might be in. So social stories, they can be very simple for children that are young or that may have difficulty um, with some cognitive issues or difficulties, or they can be really complex. You can use social stories for children as old as middle school, high school, and even young adults, and you can use social stories. There's also something called social scripts and social narratives that you can use. You said that you like to take a picture of the building? It might be of the building. For Going back to the example about the dentist office, um, they allowed me to take a picture of the building. They allowed me to take pictures of the chair that she would be sitting in and even some of the dental hygienist and the dentist that she would be seeing. You know, if she was apprehensive about going to the dentist... That is a great idea. She knows when she gets there what the building's like. When she gets inside, she knows what to expect, where she's going to be, the room she's in. That is a wonderful thing. It's a very helpful tool. Are there certain guidelines that we should follow if we want to create a social story? Yeah, so technically, social stories, like I said, were created by Carol Gray, and she does have 10 specific criteria for an actual social story. So one would be the topic you use to discuss in your social story has to be very descriptive. So you want to talk about what does it look like? What does it sound like? What does it feel like? Maybe even taste like, smell like, if you're talking maybe about um, a new food that you want to introduce. Mm -hmm. You also want to have very specific topics, and you would want to think about the child's ability level. For example, when you want to work on how you behave during circle time at school, you want to talk about what happens during circle time. 
what are we going to do? What does that look like? What does it sound like? What does my body do during circle time? Mm. uh, Similarly, you want to have a clear title, a detailed body, and, you know, a very um, specific conclusion. So you're thinking about just as I'm thinking back to college, you know, writing that very descriptive paper and you have those very clear separations of the introduction, the body, and the ending. There are some things called social narratives as well. You might hear that term. And you can find those online. If you're trying to correct a specific behavior or educate the child on a specific social situation, again, you need to think about the child's ability to attend to a book. You don't want to have a book that's too long or with sentences that might be too long if the child has difficulty with attention. Most social stories are made up of first and third person sentences. So like first person meaning I, me, and we, and third person meaning he, she, it, and they. A good social story, like we mentioned earlier, will answer those who, what, when, where, why, and how questions. There are particular sentences that Carol um, encourages, which are called descriptive sentences and directive sentences. You know, you want to review the social story with the child um, multiple times. Like I said, with my daughter back to the dentist, we reviewed that social story's days and weeks in advance to the appointment. So you wouldn't want to introduce it just right before the social situation that you're trying to help with. Present it to them over and over. Now, does your daughter get excited whenever it gets closer and closer in time to time to go? Yeah. So, you know, she wants to know what it's like. She wants, you know, she's read this book. It's almost, you know, when you think about kids that love Disney princesses and Disney characters, you know, it's almost like you're telling them, okay, we're going to go to Disney World and you just build this up in their mind of it being this really awesome place that you keep reading about and you think about. Similarly to this situation, we've talked and talked and about uh, the dentist. So now she's ready to go. I'm so glad you brought the dentist to this conversation because that my daughter was very apprehensive about going to the dentist. And I did not have this skill, this social skill that you're talking about. Uh, once she went and realized that there was no fear, there's no reason to be afraid, now she looks forward to going to the dentist. And, you know, I think a lot of times, uh, most of the time in my life, uh, the problem is not knowing. Once I get there and realize it's okay, but it's the not knowing part that is sometimes so scary. But with what you're talking about, the pictures and getting to go in and and you, you meet the hygienist and you meet the dentist in picture form, That is just fabulous. And just as you said, adults deal with similar anxiety of unknown situations. And a lot of times we've just, as we've grown up, we've learned coping skills. So this is just another way to help them learn those coping skills and understand that there are ways to be prepared for the unknown. Is there a particular format to use when writing a social story? If you're actually writing a social story as created by Carol Gray, you would want to use descriptive sentences, and those just state facts, and they, it doesn't include an opinion. So, like, an example would be, I'm going to the park for a birthday party. When I'm at the park, there will be lots of kids, and it might be loud. So I'm not making any opinions. That's just a very factual statement. Then you also have perspective sentences that might describe feelings or thoughts about the situation. 
situation. So if we keep talking about the birthday party at the park, we might say, sometimes when I hear loud noises, I get upset and I want to go home. If I go home, I might be sad. I might be sad that I didn't get to stay and play with my friends. So then I might, if I'm talking again about directive sentences, things you want to avoid is saying, you don't want to say, do not, or I won't. As you noticed in that sentence, I did not, I didn't use I don't or I won't. I'm going to include things like I can, such as when I hear loud noises, I can ask for my headphones and put them on so it will be quiet. When it's quiet, I can stay at the party and have fun. Wow, that is really interesting and, and so informative. I'm so glad we talked about this. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about some specific example of social stories. We'll be right back on Health for Life. If you're in need of medical care, don't delay. Your health won't wait. Hamilton Medical Center is ready to care for you. We are following CDC guidelines. Patients and guests are screened for COVID-19 symptoms. Those who are suspected to have the virus are treated in a separate area. Plus, Hamilton's high-powered UV light robots eliminate 99.9% of bacteria and viruses on surfaces. Please do not delay medical care. Your health won't wait. As always, Hamilton is here for you. Welcome back to Health for Life. Today we're talking with, well, we're talking with Lindsay Coker and Dr. Carnavali of Anna Shaw Children's Institute. Lindsay, we've been talking about social stories and how they can help children. What are some specific examples of some social stories you can share with us? So, of course, the one that we mentioned earlier, um, going to the dentist is one that some that I've been using here lately, especially um, surrounding COVID, is wearing a mask. And what is social distancing? Mm, um, okay. You know, because even small children are having to understand why we are wearing masks and what the purpose of those are. And as I was saying earlier, I love to use literal pictures. Um, you know, you can always use Google Maps for, you know, um, to find a location or you can look on people's websites if you're looking for pictures of a particular place. But of course, that you know, some children really like drawings and cartoons, so you can use those too. A recent social story that I wrote was for a child that was transferring to a new school. So when I do that, I worked with the teacher at the school to gather some pictures and information that might be beneficial for him prior to beginning school, and that included pictures of the school and directive sentences like we talked about, telling him exactly what to do. I didn't address any challenging or what we would call negative or unexpected behaviors. I wanted to focus on the behaviors that I expected or ones that were positive? Absolutely. Yes. Definitely want to hone in on, on those positive behaviors. So, for example, I use the terms quiet mouth or quiet feet um, in the hallway rather than I don't scream or I don't stomp my feet. Again, we want to use those positive, that positive language. Right. It's always best to encourage or reinforce the expected behavior rather than focusing on what we call the unexpected behavior. So when you're writing your social stories, just encourage, reinforce, and talk about the behavior you want to happen rather than focusing on the negative or the challenging behaviors and using that positive language, I can, I will, and try not to use the words I don't, I shouldn't, I can't. 
if you'd like to see an example of some social stories, you can look on our web, the HamiltonHealth.com slash children website. Um, you can click on Welcome to Anishaw Children's Institute Social Story, and you can actually watch a social story, which also could, because it is a video, that could be called video modeling as well. That is wonderful, and I can look at that on the web. Yes, sir. Yes, you can. Check it out. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. When we come back from a short break, let's talk a little more about Anna Shaw Children's Institute. We'll be right back on Health for Life. Join us on a journey to better health. Health for Life. Simply put, that is why Hamilton Medical Center is here. From primary care and specialty care practices near you, an accredited chest pain center, a certified joint replacement program, a new children's institute, cancer institute, endoscopy center, and more. Hamilton is here for you and your family. Learn more at HamiltonHealth.com. Hamilton Healthcare System. Health for life. Welcome back to Health for Life. Today we're talking with Dr. Carnavali and Lindsay Coker of Anna Shaw Children's Institute. Dr. Carnavali, can you tell us a little bit more about Anna Shaw Children's Institute and the services that you provide to children there? I'd be glad to. At Anna Shaw, families and their children can receive diagnosis, treatment, and support all under one roof. We do cognitive, psychological, and developmental evaluations to ensure the assessment of each child's individual skill set and to identify the appropriate therapies that they need to maximize the child's development. Available therapies for children include physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech-slash-feeding therapy, and music therapy. Psychological services provide assistance to children and families through individual counseling, family counseling, and behavior support systems. And we also have a nurse navigator to support families through the both diagnostic and treatment processes. I understand. What are some of the key services that are provided at Anna Shaw Children's Institute? As developmental behavioral pediatricians, we care for children with attention disorders. We do diagnosis and medication management for children with autism spectrum disorders. We deal with behavioral issues that are related to their developmental delays, behavioral and developmental challenges due to many pediatric chronic illnesses, such as underlying genetic disorders or seizures or their prematurity or other um, things like diabetes or asthma or cancer. Um, We deal with all children with developmental delays in speech and language and thinking or cognitive abilities. There's something called habit disorders that we diagnose and treat, Mm -hmm. learning disorders, motor skill delays that are related to other conditions, regulatory disorders, and of course, visual and hearing impairments. You know, you mentioned habit. What is a habit disorder? So a habit disorder can be a number of things that they um, sometimes they're like tick disorders. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of a tick, which is an involuntary muscle. Yes. Other types of st- and you can help with a tick. Yes. Okay. Right. And other types of what they call stereotypic behaviors, which are movements again that are involuntary that have a certain pattern to it. You may have seen kids who have some hand flapping or move in a certain motion. So that's kind of a habit disorder. Now, in a habit disorder, do you try to help them find something else? to do with their hands that's, or something else that, that would help in that? That's one of the first approaches, yes. I would think so. I think one time uh, we talked about those little gizmos that the kids would hold in their hand and spin them. What, do you, what did you call those? Fidgets, like little fidgets. Right? Fidgets, that's right. it. Yes, a fidget. I remember that. Uh, and that's very important because I think that may help a lot sometimes. It, it does. But and then sometimes it gives them something to think about when they really should be thinking about something else. Sometimes, but you know, it's, it's actually a very simple solution to 
something that could be a real problem. So it does work well. Okay, good. Glad to hear that. In addition to developmental behavioral pediatrics, I understand that Anna Shaw Children's Institute also offers several key services. Could you explain more about those? Sure. So we do have several services that include, again, pediatric psychology, therapy services, and then, of course, family support services. So I'll kind of tell you a little bit about each of them. So pediatric psychology department includes people who do ABA. That's intense one-on-one behavior therapy. They do behavior therapies such as helping parenting, just parenting techniques. They do family therapy, group therapy to work on social skills, individual therapies. They also do diagnostic evaluations and testing. That includes autism evaluation, again, a developmental assessment to see where the child's skills are at, and psychoeducational testing, which especially cognitive testing, which basically helps you figure out how a child understands and learns, and then a full psychological evaluation. All that is done at Anna Shaw Children's Institute. Correct. The other services that we have are speech and OT and physical and music therapies, and those therapists can provide, again, other services like aquatic therapy, assistive technology, learning, for example, how to use a communication board, oral motor or feeding therapy to teach a child who's having struggling with feeding, sensory integration, and neurodevelopmental treatment. Very interesting. The um, other thing that we have that's is family support services. So we have a nurse navigator who helps families uh, look for other outside agencies to help them, behavioral intervention services, care coordination, trying to help them figure out how to get all the help that they need, community support groups like parenting groups, educational support, including collaboration with the school systems and help with IEP. They will refer them to hippotherapy and let them know where that's available. They can provide them with resources for locating financial assistance if they're struggling with that, resources for locating legal assistance, and they also keep a list of summer camps that might be available and also help with transition support. That is wonderful. Thank you so much for being our guest today, Dr. Dr. Carnavali and Lindsay. Thank you again for having us. For more information about Anna Shaw Children's Institute, call this number 706-226-8900 or visit hamiltonhealth.com slash children. For an appointment at the Institute, please ask your child's pediatrician for a referral. This program in no way seeks to diagnose or treat illness or to replace professional medical care. Please see your health care provider if you have a health problem. If you're in need of medical care, don't delay. Your health won't wait. Hamilton Medical Center is ready to care for you. We are following CDC guidelines. Patients and guests are screened for COVID-19 symptoms. Those who are suspected to have the virus are treated in a separate area. Plus, Hamilton's high-powered UV light robots eliminate 99.9% of bacteria and viruses on surfaces. Please do not delay medical care. Your health won't wait. As always, Hamilton is here for you. Thank you for listening to Health for Life, a presentation of Hamilton Healthcare System. 